Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we pick up where we left off at the end of 2020. In the book of Mark, we're in chapter 13, where Jesus is telling the disciples of things that are going to come to pass. Now, these words were originally delivered by Jesus on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, so it has been referred to since as his Olivet Discourse. In verses 24 through 26, which Pastor Jim will cover this week, Jesus ties events spoken about by prophecies in the Old Testament to his second coming. Now, the disciples knew Jesus was here now and that he had said some things about going away, even being killed. But this talk about his return likely flew right over their heads at this point in time. But after Jesus' resurrection and the filling of the Holy Spirit, it all came together for them, and they wrote Jesus' teaching down for us. We're going to spend a couple of weeks parked here in four verses. So here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Second Coming, Part 1. Join me again, please, in Mark chapter 13, where we are working our way through Mark's description of what we call the Olivet Discourse, the discourse that Jesus gave in response to a compound question from his disciples as they sat on the Mount of Olives just a day or two before Jesus went to the cross. We're going to look at the second coming of Christ. It's only going to take a moment in the future when this happens going to take us eight days to get through with it because this is part one. If the events don't begin to happen before next Lord's Day, in other words, if we're still here and the rapture hasn't taken place, we'll finish it up next week. But we need to make sure we get this nailed down. I've showed you through our study in Mark, and especially here in the Olivet Discourse, that there was a very strong expectation on the part of Jesus' disciples, those who followed him in his first coming, that he was going to inaugurate the kingdom of God on earth. As they made that trip from Jericho up toward Jerusalem for this last visit to, um, to Jerusalem, when Jesus would go to the cross, we have in Luke's gospel this explanation that I've pointed you to many times, and I hope you'll remember it as an anchor point for helping you understand the perspective of the believers at that time. It says, while they were listening to these things, that is what Jesus was teaching along the way, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. They were expecting that they would arrive at a coronation in Jerusalem. That was their perspective, and that parable that he went on to tell them was to help them begin to understand there was going to be an interval between this trip to Jerusalem and the coming of the kingdom. Well, their 
perspective of intense expectation was probably made even more intense by the events that had happened in the last few days since they arrived at Jerusalem. Jesus had been in the temple, he'd been teaching, he had He'd cleared out the temple, he'd cursed that fig tree, he'd spoken three parables in the temple one day. There was a a whole lot going on, and all that led to the question which triggered this discourse that Jesus spoke on the Mount of Olives. It's in Mark chapter 13, verse 4 in our context, but let's use the, the fullest version of that question, which is in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. In other words, were tipped off. This was just Jesus and the disciples. This wasn't his public teaching that he had just wrapped up that day. They came to him privately saying, tell us then, when will these things be? What's the antecedent of these things? Well, they were looking over the city of Jerusalem, the beautiful temple, and Jesus says, not one stone will be left on another. And they said, When's that going to happen? When will these things be? And, here's the rest of the question, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, that word coming can refer to, it usually does refer to the arrival of a king. It can be talking about the the moment of arrival. It can also be talking about the presence of the king in his glory. And so, Take it whichever way you want. When's the moment going to be? Or when you are going to be reigning, it it boils down to the same thing. And the end of the age. Well, the end of the age to them would be the end of the age building up to the kingdom. And then the kingdom. They didn't yet understand any time between their age and the kingdom. So the timing of the kingdom was not going to be what they expected. In a day or two, depending on how you count the days of that week, Jesus would celebrate the Passover with the disciples, and around the table that night, He was going to say many things to them about the future, and they were still trying to figure out how the sequence would be. I think it was probably the night of the Olivet Discourse that the disciples at last began to comprehend that Jesus was going to die and that He was going to be gone for a while. They didn't catch on about the resurrection, but they began to realize that He was speaking of coming again. Just hadn't put it all together. I want you to notice a crucial theme that Jesus is going to repeat to them. Besides what He's saying here in the Olivet Discourse, that night before He went to the cross, after the Passover meal, when they sat around that table... Jesus said things like this, John 14, 1 through 3, do not let your heart be troubled. Well, why would their hearts be troubled? Because he told them he was going away. They didn't want that to happen. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He said, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to come again. I think they were starting to get it, and they couldn't figure out if it was going to take two days or three days or four days. John 14, 18 says a little bit further down that same night, 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. A little bit later, John 14, 27 and 28. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. Now that's just John 14. There are others as well, but those give you a good idea that Jesus was saying over and over again that uh, after He died, He was going to come again a second time. That's been the belief, the understanding of all who followed Christ ever since um, He was here. Now, after that Passover meal, then I think you know the overall sequence of events. Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives near the spot where he'd preached this sermon or given this discourse about the end times. He prayed there in the garden. That's where Judas did his devilish deed of betraying Jesus. And Jesus was arrested. He was tried over the course of the night in six phases of a trial that was a mockery of justice. He was eventually condemned to die by crucifixion. So the next morning, Friday morning, having been beaten and humiliated, oh, but still running the universe while he's doing it, totally in control of the whole thing. He went to the cross and he voluntarily died for your sins. He was buried. He rose from the dead three days later. And over a span of 40 days after the resurrection, he appeared to over 500 people. Now, that's where we come to Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, picking up the story after the conclusion of his gospel. And he recorded uh, at the end of his gospel a few of the things that Jesus did after the resurrection. Then, in his sequel to the gospel of Luke, the book of Acts, we pick it up at this point, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him. That's a good, logical, theological question. Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? See, they'd come from Luke 19.11. They thought it was going to be at that time when they went to Jerusalem. It didn't happen then. It didn't happen that week. And now, after that week, they've waited 40 more days. It's been over a month, Lord. Surely this is the time, right? So notice that expectation of the immediate arrival of the kingdom of God was dominating their thinking. Well, they'd never read the rest of the New Testament because they hadn't yet started writing the rest of the New Testament. There was revelation that they didn't yet have. But look what comes next, Acts 1, starting at verse 7. He said to them that He is Jesus, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by His own authority. Uh, Jesus is using some terms that I don't think they wanted to hear. Times? Epochs? Uh, we're thinking, which day? Or what time of day? He, he, he's inferring there's going to be an epoch here. Well, that's a big deal. He said, it's not for you to know that, but... 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in all Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Guys, I got a job for you to do before I come back. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.